What's up, everyone? Welcome to the eighth episode of the First Down Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Rick and Patel. I'm here with Lucas Quick and our guest speaker today, Annika Diswar. You can follow me on Instagram at underscore Rick underscore in. You can follow Lucas at lucas.quick with two Ks and Annika with um, the username at Annika with an H and then dot underscore. Um, we have a guest speaker form up. We also post questions that you would like us to discuss here on the podcast. So check that out on Instagram. And finally, we haven't done an episode in nearly two weeks because school has been kind of hectic, but we'll try to keep it up in the future. Also, um, there's an issue coming out for the Tribune, which would be tomorrow as of Thursday. Um, I wrote a article about um, just the overview of the first half of this NFL season and just kind of reviewing everything in a fantasy purpose. So I would appreciate if you guys would check that out once the issue drops. Okay. So Aniket and I are rivals in one of the fantasy football leagues that I play in. Um, Aniket, do you want to tell us a little bit about your team? Uh, yeah. So I can talk about how we started the season so far. So uh, currently my team is six and four, which is not great, but uh, I've been winning some games lately. Uh, my starting quarterback is Matthew Stafford. Uh, and my running backs, I have McCaffrey, Montgomery, and Henderson. And then I think my wide receiver core is probably the best in the league. I have Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, and DK Metcalf. Um, for tight ends, I have TJ Hawkinson, who's been doing good lately, but not last week, obviously. And then uh, some pieces I have on my bench are uh, Ramondre Stevenson, who we'll talk about later, and Antonio Gibson. Okay, so what happened last week? Because I know your wide receiver core, everyone agrees in the league, that is the best in the league. But last week, not so much. And I think this is a really good point to talk about with listeners, because sometimes you may have, like, on the face value, really good wide receiver core. But if all of them end up being bust for that week, then you may lose your weekly matchup. Yeah, so uh, like Rickon said, uh, my wide receiver core on paper seems like it would be the best in the league. But recently, especially because Devontae Adams hasn't been uh, producing at the level you would think he would be uh, playing at. And DK Metcalf last week because Russell Wilson just came back from injury. So both of those players didn't play well. Uh, Jefferson did well, but it wasn't enough for my team, especially because I also had Hawkinson post zero points. Yeah, so some solutions. I personally would look at specifically game-to-game -game matchups and see which defenses are the best. I would also look at starting some of your bench players, maybe, if you feel comfortable doing that, picking up other players that have really good matchups for that specific week, or um, players who are on the decline, not starting them until the players show that they can have like a level of consistency, even if they're good players in previous seasons or were drafted high in your uh, off-season draft. Okay. All right, so let's look into um, our weekly advice. So first off, um, for Thursday Night Football, um, I personally recommend to start most New England players, um, especially Mac Jones. Um, Mac Jones, he finished as a top eight quarterback last week. He only put up like 17 points, but he had three touchdown passes. Uh, Mac Jones has been really spectacular, and I think the Patriots came out with a huge win on their first round pick, taking Mac Jones over about – over Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, and Trevor Lawrence. And he's arguably been better than all four quarterbacks combined. So I like what direction Patriots players are heading and the Patriots in general. Um, I also like Ramondre Stevenson. If um, Damian Harris, um, he had a head injury a couple of weeks back, and Stevenson played a great role unexpectedly against the Browns because I didn't expect him to play last week because he also had an injury. But And Jacoby Myers... We can't forget about Jacoby Myers. He got a touchdown pass last week. I never thought that would ever happen. Yeah, congrats to him. 
And the week he had just a touchdown pass, I dropped him in one of my leagues. I lost hope on him, but I'm happy for him. But I I like Patriots players in general this week. Yeah, so one of those Patriots players is Stevenson, as uh, Lucas said. Um, I would also recommend starting just anyone on the pass offense. I agree with Lucas here. I think that they're on a really good, um, really, they're playing really well recently. So other players, let's look. Uh, well, this has been going back. I said it a while ago. I uh, talked about Dearness Johnson and how big of a role he will play on the Browns if Kareem Hunt or um, Nick Chubb is hurt. And we saw that again last week, even though the Browns just got absolutely obliterated by the Patriots. Uh, Dearness Johnson, he racked up about like 17, 18 points, and that's not even with a touchdown. And he has a golden matchup this week with the Lions, and I think that you can't ask for a better matchup than Dan the Detroit Lions, even though they put up a close game against the Steelers, but Najee Harris was able to dominate, and I could see Dearness Johnson doing that. And in my opinion, I think Dearness Johnson is one of the most underrated players in all of the NFL. Like, I think if this guy was put on a team without any other running back competition, I think he could be a top 10 to 15 running back, depending on how well his O-line is. But I like where Dearness Johnson's heading in the future if Chubb and Kareem Hunt will be hurt anytime else. I definitely agree with Lucas here. I think, like Lucas said, he is like one of the most underrated running backs in the NFL. Um, His matchup against the Lions is one you can't miss, so he's a must-start this week. Um, Also, Lucas did call him, um, I think, October 20th, if I remember correctly, Lucas said pick up Dearness Johnson for the possibility that he'll break out. And ever since then, he's been doing really, really well. So if he's still in your waiver wire because your league is dormant, then I would recommend you pick him up. If not, um, it's too late to probably trade for him without giving away good players. So if you just if you manage to pick him up, then great for you. Make sure you're starting him. Okay, so for Daryl Williams specifically, last um, week actually, my team hadn't, or sorry, my league hadn't picked up Dernis Johnson or Daryl Williams, and um, for waiver wire last week. Uh, my opponent, who is um, a person named Mischief, that's their uh, league name, they picked up Dernis Johnson and Daryl Williams, and they set waiver wires for them. I also set waiver wires, but I didn't have any uh, priority because I didn't have any more uh, free agent points uh, or fab. I don't know what the, the abbreviation is, but I didn't have any points. So um, Mischief picked up those two players and started them against me that week, and that's why I lost to him. Um, he's first place in the league. I'm second place, um, or I was second place. Now I'm third place because he beat me. So I'm really salty about that. If, if I only had points, I would have been able to pick them up and win that week. But they both did really well. Um, I think you should start Daryl Williams this week, but be uh, careful because CH may, may come back. And if he does come back, even like Adam Rank um, says that you should bench uh, both CEH and possibly Daryl Williams. Uh, because of the possibility of a split workload, even if C, like CEH will take away some of the passing game, and then Daryl Williams will probably like have less of a workload, but it's still enough to start, in my opinion. I feel like Daryl Williams is a better starting running back for the Chiefs in general, honestly. he's He's been more productive than CEH has been his his two years with the Chiefs. Um, yeah, I think Daryl Williams is a risky play if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire does return, but I don't really have any confidence in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire if he returns. I can see the Chiefs being cautious with him and using Daryl Williams or even splitting carries possibly. Um, this is a player that you must start. 
Um, this is the beauty of handcuffing players, especially if you have main running backs like Aaron Jones, for instance, who has a knee injury. He could be out for one to two weeks. And this is the big role of A.J. Dillon that we've been waiting for for some time. And he's had some really good games this season, but now he has the main role. And I, I like A.J. Dillon. I think he's a he's like the Saquon Barkley 2.0, in my opinion. Like This dude is huge. And I can see him putting up top 10 running back stats these next uh, next one or two weeks. So I definitely you should must start AJ Dillon. I think he could be a low end RB one this week. And I think I'm this is when you are happy that you handcuffed AJ Dillon. It's been quite some time, but now it's paid off. Yeah, so I put um for my starting players this week, I would start Brandon Cooks. I have him in the league I have uh, with Aniket. And Aniket, sorry. And um, Brandon Cooks, I think, is going to be doing really well this week because he's going against the poorest Titans defense. Um, I believe that, like, the Titans defense as a whole may be good, but they've allowed, like, to fantasy um, fantasy points to wide receivers. They've allowed, like, I think one of the most amount of fantasy points to opposing wide receivers um, in all, like, weeks of the season. So I believe that Brandon Cooks will do pretty well against them. Um I think he's also coming off a of bye week, so he must have had like time to rest up, get a new connection with his starting quarterback or a new quarterback. Um, and then another starting player is DJ Moore. He hasn't been doing that well this season, but I think he has a good matchup this week. Um, a couple other guys I like this week. Um, I feel like Dan Arnold has been really under the radar these past couple of weeks, and I actually picked him up and dropped Hunter Henry uh, a couple of weeks back. And... Dan Arnold has become one of the top players in all the Jaguars offense. He's been getting about seven to eight targets a game. Um, I, I mean, the Niners defense isn't, is pretty good against tight ends this season. Uh, they've allowed like the eighth most points toward tight ends. So I like Dan Arnold this week. I think he could live up to this, like that six catch 60 yard line mark again, like he's been doing the past couple of weeks. He's turned out to be a very reliable tight end. Unlike most of them. And, um, my last two are two rookie receivers, actually. I really like Jalen Waddle this week against just a shaky Jets team in general. Um, Waddle's slowly inserting himself as a top receiver in Miami's offense. He didn't play very well against the Ravens, but that game was just that game was just chaotic. Um, I think the Dolphins can dominate against the Jets, so I think with Jalen Waddle. And my last guy is Rashad Bateman. Uh, Bateman, ever since he's returned from an injury, he's slowly and steadily returning to that Ravens offense, and he's becoming that main that wide receiver two for the Ravens, and even possibly taking over Marquise Brown's spot. Because Brown, I feel like, has been a little quiet ever since Bateman's come back. So I think Bateman can be a like maybe a reliable flex player, but I think he can put up a good game this week. Okay, so um, next player is Henderson. So, Anakin, do you want to talk about that one? Uh, yeah, Daryl Henderson. So, uh, out of the last four weeks he's played, I believe he's been outside the top 32 running backs, which means he's not been performing well. But this can mean you can probably buy him for a lower price than you would uh, be able to beforehand. And I think he has one of the best running back schedules in the playoffs. So, especially if your team is performing well right now, then I think a, a good buy-low candidate would be Daryl Henderson of the Rams. And I think that their offense is not – uh, performing well right now, but over time it should get better. We saw what they could do at the beginning of the year. Okay, so a trade away candidate that I would um, trade away if you have him, I trade away CD Lamb. Nope. Now this will bring nope. up nope. a lot of controversy. Uh, I think that he scored two touchdowns last week that really pushed up his point totals. 
Um, now that Michael Gallup has come back and he may get more integrated into the offense, even though he was there last week, um, I feel like Lamb's targets will go down. Um, it's not like Lamb won't be playing at the same level that he has, or he won't be playing at the same level, but won't be playing like at a poor level compared to before. Um, doesn't mean that you shouldn't be trading him away. I think you get a lot of value uh, off of him right now versus in the future where he may not be playing at the same level and um, he not may not be as much of a starter for your team. Oh, no, I, I disagree on a very severe level right now. Um, CD Lamb's been better than Amari Cooper. I think Lamb could possibly be and is, in my opinion, the Cowboys' top receiver in that core. Um, and besides, CD Lamb's been very consistent all season round, it feels like, um, unlike Amari Cooper. And Michael Gallup, even last year, Gallup had a, was like a wide receiver too before CD Lamb became that second guy. He was inconsistent, though. I feel like he's he's usually just a big play guy, like Van Jefferson. Like, he'll have, like, a couple, like, 20-yard catches. But it won't be anything that will take away too much from CeeDee Lamb. If it were to take away things, I think it would be, uh, uh, hold on, Dalton Schultz from the Cowboys to tight end. He was, he was just not targeted at all last week. And I think that's a player that you would trade away rather than CeeDee Lamb, even though he wouldn't get much value off it. But I would see um, Schultz being more unreliable than CeeDee Lamb. I feel like the existence of Schultz and a lot of mouths to feed in the Cowboys uh, offense is the fact of like the reason why you should be trading away Lamb. Because even though Schultz didn't do well last week, if he does like do well this week, for example, then he may be commanding more targets and that'll still take away from Lamb. Um, as like more receivers come integrated into the Cowboys offense, it's pretty difficult to satisfy every like single player's um I would say like hunger for fantasy points because like eventually Lamb won't have a good week compared to normal he'll start being a little bit more inconsistent and that'll just be from Michael Gallup coming back and Schultz trying to get more targets uh so should we talk about NFL news now yeah so um weird things going on in the NFL today a lot's happened in well our two weeks maybe even just this last week and two big things happened when I was flying to New York this weekend, and I totally didn't find out until when I landed. And the first one is Odell Beckham Jr. Um, trade rumors was brewing very highly the past couple of weeks, and it did happen. He's now a Los Angeles Ram. We saw what happened against the Niners. That whole Rams offense was kind of just just didn't show up. So we don't know how well OBJ will connect with Stafford. I think Odell Beckham Jr. is a little overrated right now. I think people were giving – too much hate to the Browns and Baker Mayfield, even though he hasn't been good. But I still think it's Beckham's issue. And another big thing that's happened is Cam Newton is back in the NFL once again with the Carolina Panthers again. He's expected to start against Washington. And I think he could be a top 10 fantasy quarterback this week, honestly. like I think he could because Cam Newton does a lot of running and he yeah. gets a lot of rushing touchdowns. Um, but going back to OBJ, I'd actually like to disagree before we move on from that. I think OBJ has the potential. In terms of talent, he is a top 10 wide receiver in terms of talent in the NFL. It's just that no one's been able to target him properly. I feel like Mayfield wasn't the right fit. Um, Stafford may be the right fit. The Niners, you just couldn't tell because the Niners defense was doing so well. Like off of the first play of the first, yeah, the first game that OBJ played with the Rams, first play, he got like a five-yard catch. It didn't look too bad. It looked like a normal catch. Yeah. Um. But for the rest of the game, I sort of thought in the back of my head, maybe OBJ is a curse for the Rams because 
<laughs> right when he That's joined, so they lost to the Niners. Then I realized that, oh, yeah, the Niners do lose to, uh, do win against the Rams most times. Anyways, regardless of like the Rams' performance uh, for the earlier in the season. Um, so I genuinely like, even before uh, OBJ was traded away, I still think he's a really, really talented wide receiver. He is. I mean, he, he could get a good workload because Robert Woods is out with a torn ACL for the rest of the season. So he could possibly fill in for Woods, but I feel like it would take some time for him and Stafford to click because it yeah, happened definitely. really quickly. Like he, he would just suddenly became a Los Angeles Ram in a span of like four days and boom, he's playing with the Rams. Like it was just, I mean, if Odell would be good, I think it's a time and process. Yeah, I think they haven't had enough time to develop a connection yet. You're right. So another news, um, Murray is close to returning against the Seahawks. So if you have him on your fantasy team, you should start him. It doesn't matter if he hasn't practiced too much since a couple weeks ago. Um, he's just that quarterback that you should be starting against the Seahawks this week. Um, if he does, you can also start uh, more like, feel like you can start Randall Moore and other uh, wide receivers. Moore, maybe Hopkins again, even though he's been injured too. Um the Cardinals, I mean, it was about time for Colt McCoy to lose a game to the Panthers. So um, I think this is a good time for Murray to return because the Seahawks, they haven't been very, very impressive, of course. I mean, they got shut against the Packers. But it's it's a very deceiving matchup if you don't have Kyler Murray. And it's, it's actually a very important game for the Cardinals because even though the Rams have dropped their last two, um, it's, it's going to be a close race between those two teams. Um, and in our last piece of news i mean it's nothing really impressive it's not like really anyone cares but uh joe flacco is starting for the new york jets like this is very exciting for fantasy news like any jets players except for michael carter are gonna be reliable but uh the mike white era i feel like has officially ended and really just the only player i would really choose to start this week for that jets and dolphins game maybe two up but just the miami defense and actually forgot to pick up a new defense last week and I had Miami against the Ravens and they surprisingly gave me 18 points on my roster so I'm not complaining about that but um, that's really the only player slash defense I would start in that match yeah well um, the Miami defense has been on fire for the past two weeks especially against the Ravens if you watch the game not even in terms of fantasy points they did so well stopping the Ravens run game and cutting off Lamar Jackson on almost every single play, sacking him over and over again. Um, the Dolphins' defense, you should automatically start them this week against the Jets because obviously, like, starting Flacco for his first week, he's a very experienced quarterback, but he's also a veteran and very old. Um, we don't know what he'll do this game. Nobody can really tell. But one thing's for sure, there's a chance that the Dolphins' defense can totally own the team as a whole. Um, I actually would say you can also start Miles Gaskin and I'll tell you why, because the Jets' like, defense against the run game is kind of iffy. And I think if um, Tua is out, I'm not sure if he's out. Okay, good. Uh, he's, right now he looks like he's good to go because he was put in the second half on Thursday. So I'd expect him, and I hope he, I hope he plays because I picked him off my waiver because I have Stafford on by. But I think he's good to go this week. Yeah, so if Tua does play, maybe Gaskin will get less carries. But even if... Because he's coming off of injury, they may not want to put too much pressure on Tua, and the run game always like helps out quarterbacks that are coming back from injury. So I would look to start Miles Gaskin against the Jets. All right, so we should roll this through.
quickly because we don't have much time before lunch right. ends. Yeah. So let's just talk about our three primetime games, starting off with Thursday Night Football, Patriots-Falcons, to rematch of Super Bowl 51. Um, I like the P- Patriots, what they've been doing in general, like I said in the beginning of the podcast. Um, I think their offense shows up. Uh, I don't think they'll be down 28-3 to this week in this situation because the Falcons just don't seem like a great team. They just got absolutely smacked by the Cowboys. Uh, I'm saying Patriots win 31-20. So my prediction is the Patriots win 35-10. to I'm a little bit more extreme because I think the Patriots are on a roll here. I don't see anything that's going to stop them, especially not the Falcons right now. Uh, <laughs> that's just my opinion. I feel like the Falcons did really bad last week too, so. Uh, yeah, just like uh, Rickon said and Lucas said, I think the Patriots are on a roll. Mac Jones is playing well. And uh, the Falcons just can't seem to get anything together. Even though their offense uh, was predicted to be better, especially with Kyle Pitts, they haven't really been proving that. So I think the Patriots win by 28-3, to 3, uh, <laughs> just like they were up in the Super Bowl. And now going on to Sunday Night Football, which might be – one of the more difficult matchups for me to predict um, because they're two very inconsistent teams as of late of time. Uh, you've got the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, who just almost lost to the Detroit Lions because they had no Ben Roethlisberger. I guess the Los Angeles Chargers, who looked like a top five team in offense as the season began, and then they've lost their last couple of games and almost lost to my Eagles. Um, Really, I don't have any faith in both teams right now. As much as I like the Chargers in general, I just feel like they can't get it together right now, and I still think it'll take maybe one or two more years until they can be an elite team that can control the division. Um, again, I'm, I'm always Mr. Upset in this podcast, and it's always turned out in a positive direction so far. So I'm going to roll with it again. I don't care. I'm saying Steelers beat the Chargers on the road 24-20. to 20. So that's a funny thing because Lucas always calls these upsets and he always gets them. For, for this week, I'm still going to stick with the Chargers 38 to 35, and I'll explain why. Because the Chargers, they always go on on and off weeks, like back and forth. It's always they do well, and then the next week they do bad, and the next week after that they do well. I think it's a thing with like the coaching staff slacking off after they get like, get, like a really good win, or maybe even the team as a whole, Herbert slacking off, something like that. Um, they always go into games and like it's always a head scratcher because we're like, what are they doing? Like, what is their game plan against some of these teams where they should be beating them? Like, for example, the Eagles. And like you just look at the game, you're like, they should have uh, come out on the field with a better game plan and done better. But they just didn't. And then the next week they work really hard and they just dominate against that team. So last week they did pretty bad. I think this week they're going to come back and have a real game plan against the Steelers and probably beat them. Um, yeah, so I think both of these teams have really not been like what we thought they would be. The Steelers have been like inconsistent at best. And the Chargers, despite having a good start to the season, they haven't really done much uh, since then. So I think uh, neither offense is going to play well. I think this goes into overtime again <laughs> for the Steelers. And I think it's going to end the 24 to 24 in a tie on Sunday Night Football. He's trying to break the well, ice here. If he, if he, if he predicts, if he predicts that, that well. right, he, he wins. The prediction like race all season no matter how many times we will do it for the rest of the year you'll yeah. take the cake on that one if it happens uh and then last but not least who who makes these primetime games okay i'm sorry but do, does anyone really care to watch the giants and the buccaneers you never know because the giants may beat the buccaneers just like the rams beat okay no the only reason wait, wait, wait. the Niners beat the Rams, but the Niners, like I kind of had it in like my gut feeling that they would beat the Rams because I'm a Niners fan. 
<laughs> I mean, the Giants brought it close to the Chiefs because the Chiefs are just, I don't know what's up with the Chiefs now. I can't predict anything about that team anymore. But the Buccaneers, even though they lost to Washington, um, like, yeah. come on, it's the Giants and it's Tom Brady. I mean, last Monday night, they played against each other and became pretty close. Um, I think it'd be a little bit low scoring, but I think Tampa Bay still wins 27-17. Yeah, I agree with you. Tampa Bay is probably going to win. I put 17-6. to Um. I like in my gut feeling. I actually think there's a chance that Giants can win. I'm just gonna go with the safe prediction because that's what I always do. Uh, Saquon Barkley's coming back. And that may be like a, a game winner. I know that like the last good game that Barkley played, I believe he got like a receiving like 50 yard, 40 yard touchdown. Um, in that game, like his two touchdowns that he got, they were the game winner. Um, I feel like Saquon Barkley is a, a like a game difference maker. And that when you have him, you can win games properly, and the Giants may just have a chance. Uh, yeah, just like both of them said, uh, I think the Buccaneers' offense is just too good for the Giants. Their defense hasn't been great over the last few seasons, so I think the Buccaneers win by 14, uh, 31-17 to 17 on Monday night. Well, that would do it. Again, we apologize for not doing two weeks of any podcast. Yeah, and next week is Thanksgiving break, so we probably We're won't taking be another break. another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, anyways, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Uh, Hope you guys enjoy your Thanksgiving break, and we'll be back in another uh, two weeks because this is the most inconsistent fantasy podcast you can ask for. So signing off again, um, we appreciate having a guest speaker along here. And as always, go Birds.